0: If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire, and so we come together. Join us, join the discussion, welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on December thirteenth, two thousand nineteen, over on Twitch.tv/slash Focus Fire Chat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore book aspect. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. And before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host Blue Crew eighty six.
1: And this is Saint Fourteen's Savior, Green-Eyed Music Lover. And last but definitely... We're all, <laughs> we're, all their, we're all his savior. It's fine.
0: Gosh, and way to take the green light, Green. And last but not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Paige. Paige, how are you doing?
2: I am doing great. I am all caffeined out, so we are going to be perfectly fine throughout this whole thing.
0: Nice. Sweet. Nice. So usual introductory question next for you. Where can we find you out on the internet?
2: So Twitter, uh, Dragonfly with an I, PH, no underscore, no period, because I suck sometimes. Um, PSN, Run of Dragons. And then I actually have a blog on Blogger called Notes of the Dragon Keeper.
1: What, what does that stem, stem from? So,
2: um, I like to write, always have. So, I found a writing prompt book, and it started out just doing shorts with them based on those writing prompts. Then I found one that I really liked, and I wanted to keep the story going, so I've been posting about every other week a new kind of, like, chapter or episode of that story nice, so. nice that's cool so
1: Thank one you. of my questions was was like normally how how did you get into lore but i'm i'm going to kind of tag team it a little bit did the getting involved with writing directly influence getting involved with lore or was it the other way around Ooh,
2: okay so i need to start this by saying i was an awful online player when i first started destiny Mm-hmm. I started at launch. Um, I did not play any PvP or with anybody else for the first year <laughs> of Destiny. That's and acceptable. Then,
0: that's acceptable. That's that's the situation that I've gotten into.
2: I didn't. I didn't need. Well, okay. I definitely needed, but I didn't know raids were a thing. I never got into Crucible, and then Taken King launched, and we got the. King's Fall quest line where you Mm -hmm. actually had to do it. And I actually found TKD who took me in at like 290 light into heroic King's Fall, told me to sit in a corner and just shoot. (laughs) And so that kind of got me into the lore um, with the whole aspect of raiding. Mm -hmm. And I would definitely say my writing pushed me to dig deeper because I'm yes. a a why person. Why is everything happening?
1: Oh, we are all why people so, here. So real
0: quick, So real quick,
1: mm-hmm. I have
0: one question pertaining to your King's Fall inauguration oh, run. Oh, gosh. <laughs> did you get the boop Did wall? you get to start the boop wall?
2: So, oh gosh.
0: There's only one acceptable I, answer, and if it's not that I answer, I'm going to... I believe I did because okay, okay. I jumped
2: down and immediately got launched <laughs> but let me say nice i did not have bones of ale okay oh yeah
0: neither did i oh neither no did I. Um, I never i've never marcus how
2: long did it take us to do ships i think it was like a good hour or two because i am awful at platforming oh, God,
1: you're like did you switch to like Arkstrider at
2: least Blade dancer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Really? Yes. At least it helps.
0: you mm-hmm. yeah. It had the best jump in the, all three classes. The, um, oh yeah. Okay. Because you can the do the higher hold, jump. The hold. It yeah. had the mm-hmm.
2: two tap, and then it like catapults you almost.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how we always did Crota runs.
2: Yeah, I, that that was I rough. Know, I cannot believe those boys stuck with me for as long as they did. I
0: was going to say like the ships. So the <laughs> ships part. The as soon as you as soon as I got a rhythm going with it. Like, as soon as I figured well, out the rhythm on it, it was pretty. fragment. Right, right, right. <laughs> well they couldn't just pull me through. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to someone also who I, like, I never use the bones. Like, I actually, everyone's like, oh, it gives you an extra jump. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't actually give you extra height. Um,
2: right. It just, it gave it just you gives more you control. more control.
0: Yeah. But. Um, yeah,
2: for sure. I remember yeah, I'm not I was, good at Mario. We had, to, we
0: had to drag Bell through that. That's the most colorful language I've heard come out of her in a long time. The
2: words Mm -hmm. coming out of my mouth were not suitable for anybody under the age of 18.
0: Listen, (laughs) Pins. Pins is giving me grief. Listen, my directions were completely logical, okay? You just didn't make those jumps right. I want to take blue through Outbreak Prime. Oh,
2: my God. No. No.
0: Is that the one that you have to jump on the outside of the wall?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's awful. It's miserable. It sucks. It's not that bad. I'm not.
0: I'm, here's the thing: like, is, the no, original version the fans. is not that bad. The fans want, are want, the
2: worst part. If
0: you want entertainment on a platformer, no offense, but you need to take pins. Like pins. Okay. Is,
1: oh, I did. Oh, did okay. you? I did. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, both Dwyer and I carried him through, uh, and
0: bless your souls.
1: Yeah, he was he was cursing. Yeah. A oh bit yeah.
0: Yeah. Through it. The one time that we went through, uh, what's the Dreaming City one? That was (laughs) when Potato dragged us through. Yeah, Last Wish. No, Last Wish. Um, Oh, Uh, was it
2: mm -hmm. when you were in the the throne world jumping yeah the well yeah yeah
0: yeah right before Golgoroth wannabe <laughs> Yep. like oh pins yep. we accidentally all of us accidentally went <laughs> to the next stage and pins Oops. got stuck in the jumping part and he couldn't even wipe yep. and get dragged forward it was so no, uh,
2: you have to like completely p- leave and come was back like, mm. what did we do <laughs> poor
1: pins
0: oh, he was so pissed
2: yeah. Me and pens. platforming don't get along. Still don't. I The other day, we were doing the first couple missions um, with the obelisk on Tangled Shore, and Marcus and I were in a party together. I literally walked off the edge in that tiny little five-foot section between the obelisk and the shore.
1: When you can find the one tiny hole in the entire land mass that Every is there, time. yeah, I I know that feeling. Every time, I may have done that as well. <laughs> so, what is your favorite lore st- story for Destiny in general? Like, Ooh. what would be your overall favorite story for Destiny?
2: That's a hard one. Um, probably no time to explain. Like, not necessarily that specific, but like. The Ishtar Collective, the the whole, like, Vex Mind situations, because nice. I'm a Y person, and we don't get a lot of whys, so I want to keep Mm-mm. digging for the whys.
1: <laughs> so this one probably drove you a little bit crazy? Oh my
2: god. When I read Aspect, I think I read it three times on the same night, because my brain was, like, yeah. trying to process it all. So yeah, it it drove me a little bit crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I think anything having to do with the times uh, the time stream, the vex stream, yep. vex whatever prison, what we're calling it now, it's it's it makes your head hurt a little oh, bit. Oh, for sure. The so, oh. last question, and not to the least, what is your primary class that you play?
2: So d one blade dancer, hunter blade dancer. Mm-hmm. D two it started off as Gunslinger, but okay. I've really fallen in love with Arc Strider. especially hitting projectiles back at people. It is the <laughs> most satisfying thing you can possibly do in a Crucible match.
1: That is indeed when you have somebody who's shooting at you.
2: Or pops a with... hammer right in front of you or a shield. Oh
1: my goodness. Mm-hmm. And the look of confusion on their face as to why it hurt them instead of you. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Or grenade launchers are a good one too.
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah, grenade launchers are great to pop back in their face. Mm Hmm. I don't think you can. I think you can negate a Nova bomb. I don't think you can bounce it it
2: back. I learned. I did learn the hard way. You cannot reflect Chaos Reach.
1: No, it's like a trace (laughs) rifle. Yeah,
2: I um, I tried. I failed.
1: I, yeah, epically I haven't actually spent too much time doing Arcstrider in any of Crucible, mainly because I play with Isicole and she uses wave splitter and you cannot deflect wave splitter. It's a, it's a beam. You can't deflect any beams and it's kind of pointless for me to try to run it whenever she's in a match with me. So I just <laughs> stick to my night stalker.
2: Yeah, I haven't, but... I never fell in love with the night stalker. They w- I did it for raids, but I mm-hmm. I like to bop things on the head.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like my support class. All right, Blue. There's no community question this week.
0: Awesome. And I don't have any special announcements just yet. We're still working some stuff out with the website. Hopefully, we'll have some announcements rolling out with that here shortly. Um, but you know, as usual with enough of our chatter, I know everyone is looking forward to diving into the discussion. So let's just get the standard housekeeping notes out of the way and then we'll get right into it last episode we discussed the universe of Greedfall. if you're enjoying the show please be sure to let us know by giving us a shout over on twitter leaving a comment on podbean or sending us a quick email at focusfirechat at gmail.com reviews or comments on where we can improve are always welcome they let us know what we can do better to create a more enjoyable experience for everyone to all who have sent feedback or left us a review thank you As many of you are aware, Focus Fire Chat is a community in which we offer the chance to dive into lore from within various titles and mediums with a special focus on the Destiny Universe. Every Friday at about 10pm central, the podcast team gets together to stream a summary of the chosen topic for that week. The hope for this is to help encourage dives into aspects of game lore within both our Discord server and within the other communities that we share the digital world with. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, a central hub for content that covers a wide variety of different titles and mediums. Our full show notes for each week's topic will be posted there, so for the additional information or guest details, be sure to check the site out. Next week's topic is going to be over the lore book unveiling. That being said, however, we still want to hear your thoughts about this week's topic. Be sure to weigh in over on Discord, and don't be shy in tagging any of the team in the conversation. We can't wait to read what your thoughts are. But for now, let's get back to the show. So, I guess real quick on this intro episode, where do we want to start? What would be the best place to start here?
1: I think a good place to start would be to kind of go over who praedith is because praedith is one of the primary characters of the book aspect and if you're not an, a d1 lore person you have no idea what's going on yeah or if you didn't ever do no time to explain right. or any of those kind of things you really wouldn't have any idea who he is so i think starting there if if dragon if you'd like to take the reins on that and yeah. start in that area Let me get we can, my
2: tabs up here Yee. the monotabs on my browser is ridiculous
1: yeah <laughs> welcome to ffc where we break google chrome over and over again
2: <laughs> yep basically i haven't broken my laptop yet though so we're doing good
1: <laughs> That's good
2: so um do you want me to start out just reading the praedith like kind of summary on ishtar
1: sure you can read uh purple's summary purple does a really good job getting the at least the meaty details <coughs> in oh, there for
2: sure so a member of the original fire team to enter the vault of glass he became lost in time unable to return when the taken entered the vault the vex allowed some of his signals to get through which caused the vanguard to send a guardian into the vault to attempt a rescue though Praedoth himself was dead his ghost was recovered and returned to the future war cult Prior to this occurrence, there were only scattered references to his existence, some of which were found in the Ishtar collective's vault
1: so interesting point of order with that with that entry of purples um, there might be some clarification needed with that in particular, because of aspect, because of the the line where purple says. Uh, the Vex allowed him to send messages through at certain points, it's not necessarily that they allowed him, that more so the things aligned more so. Like, the the veil became thin between the Vex and whatnot, the pulses we read about in Aspect. Right. So that may be something...
2: I think the way the- I looked at it was that um, I'm trying to think of a good... Have you guys watched, um, is it DC's Legends? Where they're in, Mm-mm. so they're, when they're in their time ship, they're like in a stream. And basically, at certain points of Discord, it's really easy to accidentally slip into a different timeline almost. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I pictured it in my head, is he was able, those signals were able, to get through thin or weak points in whatever, in the garden or wherever he was technically kept.
1: Right, he has his radio signal now that he's, his little radio that he's built. Interesting. Uh, Beyond that, Praetith was part of the same fire team as some other guardians, in particular, one that also makes a semi-sort of appearance within this book, or at least we get a reference that calls back to a f- former card with him,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Pujari. So Pujari was... Was Pujari? Wait, no, am I mixing no. Pujari and Praetith? Pahaneen, that's who I yeah, was Pajari, thinking Pujari. Well, okay, there's
0: a theory that Pujari was involved, but there there's no... Yeah, no, Pajari Pajari is the one that had the vision uh, way back in D1 on Shores of Time. Mm.
1: Right, the one with the thorn in his yes. hand. Mm-hmm. is w- yep. the-, the
0: wound to his left hand, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is the, the callback that we get in this book.
0: Yeah, there's actually two callbacks. Uh, uh, there's the one to Pajari, and then there's one in um, Atalik also that is the vex Mm -hmm. in the garden which i'm which i have a theory on who that is too as well
1: interesting uh so we have those two what is the significance of the black garden do we actually have a real answer for this yet or is it more so still just kind of like the proving grounds for the vex or are they there on accident or can we even answer this at this point for new new light people
2: I don't think so. I mean, I didn't find anything, like, solid to be like, oh yeah, this is the reason. So I don't want to speculate and cause confusion.
1: hmm We do know that the Undying Mind has been in <sighs> the Black Garden at least for a bit before we started pulling it from the different areas of time. Right. But... Beyond that, we had the Soul Divisive, which was there worshipping back in D1. Mm -hmm. And there's, is, I'm trying to think if there's much else out there now for the Black Garden itself. Uh, Julian and Aldrin went there Mm -hmm. and the, they got the Asphodelia flower plant from there and brought it back to Mara. Beyond that, I don't think we have anything that's conclusive. A lot of speculative stuff when it comes to um, the garden itself, whether or not it has anything to do with the book, the unveiling. There's, there's theories out there whether or not it is the proving grounds initially. And I don't necessarily know if those either have that much of weight to them, to be honest. As far as whether or not the black garden is the garden where the darkness, quote unquote, and the traveler, the, the winnower, essentially, mm-hmm. the winnower and the gardener are. But beyond that, there's not a whole lot we learn. Um, besides the black garden causes pretty much hallucinations for a few different people and, just making a full set of uneasiness for a lot of us. But Blue, do you have anything about the Black Garden that you can think of that I'm leaving out?
0: Uh, nothing really. Um, there is the part with the uh, Kintark three uh, that we got uh, in this most recent update. Uh, mm-hmm. but that doesn't reveal so much. Um that doesn't reveal much about the garden itself as much as it is about the corruption and the uh, potential influence of like divinity and what appears to be Ahamkara possibly something then there. Um, so that, I mean, that was an interesting thing. And the only, the only reason it connects to the black garden is that it took place in the black garden and that connects back into mm-hmm. the crypticons um But yeah, and I think uh, Dino's talking about that right now. Yeah, uh, the Crypticons actually assigned the Kintark 3 to that. So, uh, but again, excuse me. uh, Again, that doesn't really reveal much about the garden itself. Um, I think the only other thing that we would see maybe dealing with the garden, and you might have mentioned this and I might have just blanked over this, is the unveiling stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. But even then... The question there is, which garden is that talking about? Is that talking about a garden right. or the illusion of a garden? You know, there's a lot of...
1: I mean, a- according to uh, Scannable back on Nessus, there's multiple gardens. So,
0: Is it right. Right. the similar, garden? Similar to, yeah, similar to there's multiple undying minds, you know.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, is it multiple gardens in the fact that there are more than one location that are considered black gardens? Or is it timeline-oriented, like like the Undying Mind where there's multiple timelines of the Undying Mind comes correct. Yeah.
0: I mean, so, I mean,
1: I don't think there's a whole lot of clarification on either. Well, well and we that and that's the thing is the that
0: hopefully mind, but... with the whole the whole situation in Season of Dawn, actually I'm hoping we'll get a little bit more a little bit more clarity on that because depending on the model that we see within Season of Dawn, that actually should shed some light on the version of multiverses that they're operating within with destiny mm-hmm. because that that clarification will actually in retrospect impact our understanding of temporal malleability within the the story because if mm-hmm. if they're if they're operating on a a model of singular reality or a prime reality uh, that's gonna that's gonna have major implications down the road whereas if it's a true multiverse that's you know fragmenting constantly that's also going to have i mean it's it's different uh implications based there on temporal travel which i mean and that ties into here too uh we see that with uh it's not it's not the it's uh i think mirative is when it starts coming into play a little bit
1: Mm mm-hmm So the last grouping that I want to bring up before we go into like an advanced session Mm -hmm. is who is the Ishtar Collective team? Who are the different, I guess, fragments that we're seeing in this book? Because we see Maya, we see Shem, we see Dwayne, we see see Chioma. Chioma is the other one. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So we see those... That group, do, do we want to go into a quick story of their history with the Vex in particular, considering that it's still pretty interesting and important, considering that they're seeing the fragmentations of them in the book?
2: Right. So the I guess for me, the one thing I had a hard time placing was going back to the Grimoire from the Ishtar Collective group. And mm-hmm. seeing if this was happening before the end of that grimoire, or after. What Does do you mean? Does that make sense? Okay, hold on. Try um, So, hold on, I'm trying to find... Oh.
1: Between, is it between four and five? Yeah, um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah.
2: I think it's five when they're standing at the edge of the gate no it might be
0: so. like you're asking if this is happening concurrently with the vex uh, academy with them breaking right. free from the warmine um i would say it's after because with the whole thing within mirative and um well mirative and then De- deontic and you uh, they're actually communicating within the same time frame as Praydith, and that would not have coincided with that time frame because that was during the Golden Age, and this is during the other. This is during the City Age.
1: The other aspect is even though a portion of them were able to, I believe, get out of the Vex network, they a lot of them volunteered to go back in. So those, those yeah. So the 227 yeah. were the 227. So they, they
0: rescued all of them or they rescued most mm-hmm. of them. And then the 227 decided to, they volunteered to go back and basically they back. did the, yep. yeah, they, they, mm-hmm. they basically did the equivalent of what Osiris does with his projections inside the infinite forest within the Vex network, um, which right. was really cool actually within, uh, I think it's Mirative when he starts picking up on them. If you notice all the radio patterns all start with 227. Two two seven dot, and then that's the basically the spelunking team, uh, which mm-hmm. I love that they call themselves spelunkers. I thought that was yeah, found so that cool.
1: like kind of cool. It's I don't even know like what what they would call themselves otherwise. Well, no,
0: I just love the fact that they're not referring to themselves as like you know. I, I just like the fact that they're like recon yeah, team. Yeah, they're not. Number. Yeah, I just no, I we're, like, just we're just spelunking. We're spelunkers. I just like I was like that is. That's yeah. No, I, I. That's correct.
1: Okay. There is a
0: mention in Mirative is to uh, Pahani too with the squid constellation. I love that. Yes.
1: Yes. Is. Squid guy, which that was only ever in the flavor text, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Like there wasn't anything Pahanin's in. Obsession. I can't remember. He's a cephalo- mm-hmm. cephalomaniac. Yeah. Ceph- mm-hmm. Um. Yeah he's, yeah. yeah, he's obsessed with
0: squids. With the squids on
2: it.
0: Yeah, he's obsessed with squids.
2: Let's see. I think I actually have that in my notes somewhere too. Yep, love
0: cephalopods. I mean, I guess the only way in which this could be concurrent concurrent with the vex, grimoire card, like the ghost fragment mm-hmm. grimoire cards, I think, is if we do a full dive into the theory that there is actually possibility of of penetrating time because again
1: penetrating as in as in
0: cutting through like it cutting through it like yeah like if you're if you're actually going to go down like i think it's the what is it the rosenberg bridge um theory of mm-hmm. of passing through points then then you could argue also that this would be the same thing that being said though also we see that there has been time passed for the 227 teams like because there's the issue with the Kioma who lost her lost um was it maya and how mm-hmm. how they can recognize her voice because it's hoarser because she's spent eons screaming about it um mm-hmm. i think that was in hang on real quick uh i think that was in vol- volative uh which is the second to last card <coughs> yep um that's where you get the update about hang on let me scroll over here uh volative i think it's um you see all the different iterations of the same process. Like, you, you, like the they all start the same, but then based on the different decisions, uh, based on different decisions, they all have different consequences. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's two, no, two eighteen loses Dwayne, and then um,
2: yeah, it goes through like what happens seventy two, seventy two, forty
0: one, fifty nine, and fifty nine is the one that I think she like loses her mind. Or she doesn't lose her mind, but she like just like shuts down basically.
2: Becomes emotionally closed nah. off.
0: And I think it's seventy two Is the one is seventy two the one that has the hoarser voice, I wanna mm-hmm. say. Yeah, seventy two's Chioma sounds hoarser than the others because Pratith he Praetith calls it out because he doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. And then like in Erials, which is the end of it, uh there's like there's a hundred and eighty-three spelunking teams but there's a variety of different numbers of different individuals, which was really kind of cool because it, it, it notes which like it notes a disparity, even though they're all the same thing. And it actually explains this, I think, earlier, too. Um, it explains that even though they're all kind of the same person because of the choices that they made since they went into the, the network, they've all become different. And so there's there's an interesting little component there as well yeah and i mean i guess that's true like if you if you go down the alchemist and merchant's gate yeah that's that's a fair point sorry veru is talking about so there's a comment in ghost fragment vex
2: five four is it four or
0: five that the alchemist and merchant's gates brought up
2: Gosh. Yeah.
0: it's one of it's one of those but anyways, Maya makes a comment about the, how she's unsure if she, it's that the Alchemist timeline analogy was correct or not. Uh, the Alchemist and Merchant's Gate is a short story. Awesome short story. Please let me know. If you haven't read it, I'll get you a copy of it. Um, it's But it deals yeah, with time true, travel. Okay, yeah, I'll give you... I can get you a, a copy of it. Uh, same with the Kintark 3 stuff. I put that together as well. So I kind of put it in a parallel format. Um Mm-hmm. but like with the, al- the alchemist and merchant's gate, it deals with the, the apparent paradox of time travel, uh, from an outsider perspective, as opposed to the non paradoxical, uh, experience of that time travel from the person who's actually traveling the time. Gotcha. Um, and so it deals with the sure. problem of keeping time cohesive, but at the same time, the individual who is, in the center of the experience that's being reviewed, it's not, it is cohesive for them, but it's still a kind of apparent break from predetermination. It's a really interesting component of it. Um, So if you have, if you have a, if you have a situation in a temporal uh, rip or temporal tear, like you had in the alchemist and merchant gate situation, then this would be happening concurrently, and separately at the same time as it could be happening concurrently. And at the same time as the ghost fragment vex cards. Gotcha. But then again, you know, that's, and that's why I go back to season of the dawn's really, I think going to give us a lot of flavor on that is, is the question is, are we actually traveling through time or are we traveling through realities? Cause there's a vast difference between those two. Sure.
1: I think a, at least from the um, Pratus perspective, he ta- calls out how Vex used time as a tool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That we are still tethered to quote. the concept of time. Um, so, I don't think there's an easy answer to say that we're traveling through time. I think it's we uh, I think. We, we're going through instances of moments in time. That mm-hmm. time still is flowing we still, that we right. cannot utilize yeah, it. We
0: still view, we still view time as having a beginning and end. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. time. Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, Atalic, Yeah. Atalic is the one that talks about this. Um, he's in that says, uh, yeah, I like that. Ishtar apparently agrees with my theory on who wrote this. <laughs> um, but it, it actually says that. It says, go ahead, use your metaphors, a line a loop, a flat circle. Heard someone say time was like a water once. At least that was novel. The Vex, they're the closest to understanding it. They've got distance from it. If time's a river, yep. then we're fish and they're diving birds. What's what mean to a fish? What's it mean to an osprey who's never fooled by refraction of the water's surface? And then he goes back, you want, to, you want time to be a staircase. We keep climbing forever. But hey, even a guardian skips back a step or two now and then. Uh, Nothing's been simple on Earth since that big white cue ball rolled in from the next neighborhood over. And the story is they don't work too well as a nightlight anymore. And then that's when Mm -hmm. he kind of goes back to um, the concept of, like, we are stuck. And this is true for humanity in general, too. Like, we're stuck on this idea that time is a line. Like, time, there's a start and a finish to it. So when you talk about time travel, uh, you have to... you. The immediate thought is I'm going to go from point C to point A. Mm-hmm. And then the theory there is that, you know, that, again, you have it's it's actually it's an interesting because it ties into the name of this entry, a, a telic, uh, because a telic is actually meaning something that doesn't have an end. Uh and so whereas telic means that it has an end or it has a goal. Atelic is the opposite of it. So if you go based off that, then the other thing is is like there's an eternal being stuck in motion and it's an internal present so that time is not as much a temporal line as a as a mode of existence. It's a it's a all permeable thing that's amorphous. Um, which is where you get like the Vex using it as a tool. You know, any moment that's ever happened, any moment that ever will happen, they can go back to it, play it again until they get it right. Uh mm-hmm. and that's and that's the difference between the Vex and the Guardians because the Guardians simulate an Indian or simulate an ending and or the, the the Vex that's that's where the conflict comes in, is because the Vex keeps simulating endings that they win and the Guardians keep tearing through it. And that's where they become a stalemate, um, which then, you know, you guys were you're agreeing you had asked about the importance of the Black Garden. That's where they start mm-hmm. talking about the importance of the garden um, and the Black Heart and the Undying mm-hmm. Mind, and, the undying mind mm-hmm. and stuff like that.
1: So we even have instances of time being manipulated again with our mission with St. 14 right, now right, right. with yeah. the new season. Um, the red war the red legion is trying to go and change the outcome of the red war by jumping into it which is kind of mind-boggling that they're trying to alter all of that but i mean I it mean, also makes sense they're too. trying to use yeah if they're trying to use the vex essentially talking to about the,
0: the sisters yeah the science sisters? Sisters. yeah because that was in the web lore yeah. piece too they don't. Mm-hmm. It's not that they just want to win the Red War. They also want to make it so that the victory of the Red War, the victory of the Red War, is one that is more malleable to the Scion plan,
1: uh, right? Rather than rather than Gall, the big, yeah. the big Rhino, Kabal, mm-hmm.
0: the big man with the little arms,
1: the big man with little arms and white and pretty armor. armor. Yes, so.
2: I was I trying don't... to find the lore car where Resputin is supposedly talking to the stranger about how she steps through time like oh, a spider stepping? web.
1: Look for the word stepping. <laughs> and then dark age two. Uh, nope, that's that's Jaren Ward. Let's see here. It's the idea of step. It's the... Where is it? But Rasputin talks to the stranger stepping through and popping out a different time. Ah, it's ghost fragment Rasputin for. Oh, I was one off. <laughs> how do you step forward? How do you step back? Do you step across? Is the world of worlds a web and you are a spider upon it? Are you searching for that one thread you need? Is that thread named victory? how how interesting that that card, Ties into everything that's currently going on at the moment, right? And
2: that's why, because we were talking about the the stream and the osprey and the fish, and I think that card specifically um, in Destiny makes a little more sense now that we've seen how Osiris doesn't necessarily manipulate, but stip- um, simulates what could happen.
1: I mean, there's he's. He's running probabilities like the Vex are, but he runs it at such a massive rate that, although I don't, if it was between the Vex processing power and the, and Rasputin's processing power, I'm certain that the Vex still have him beat. Oh, for sure. Well,
0: yeah, they have, they have rolled computers.
1: Yeah. But. As far as, is there anything else as far as introducing the concepts? I know we didn't really get into the story because there's the arc of what the book is itself. Mm -hmm. Um, do we want to touch that before we move to the advanced episode? Blue, how much of the advanced episode are we?
0: I was thinking that we'd probably go pretty deep into the cards on the advance episode. Uh, I mean, not deep. Okay. The thing, the tough thing about this one, uh, just, you know, full disclosure, is that the story, the arc, air quotes, around this particular one mm-hmm. is really loose. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. It's not really a, you know, bop, 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 bop. It's it's a story about Pradeth talking with the spelunking teams from Ishtar and kind of his, like, how he got introduced to them. And then it kind of, it's basically, okay, he meets them, he talks to them, and then they have a plan that they're going to try. But then at the same time, you have a couple different...
1: Other perspectives. Other, yeah,
0: other perspectives that I don't really know how they fit into the overall story still. Like, I... I don't know how they're related to Pratith's whole thing like and and there's there's a lot of theories about that uh that I've seen bounced around, and I don't really agree with any of them i but I still don't understand how this all gets woven together um, that's kind of why I wanted
1: to use the intro episode to just kind of talk yeah. about some of these former characters um the one that we're missing that we haven't talked about yet that you reminded me was uh tevis
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love Tevis
1: because right, and for those who are new, Tevis was the um, hunter vanguard prior. No, he was the trainer. No, no, he was he not was a trainer. He was the trainer was, for the night, the night He stalker. was the
0: bitter, bitter old trainer that Kate basically foisted all his his young hunters off onto. There we go. And yeah. Tevis was That's- notorious for being a huge fan of the Void and also a huge antagonistic figure when it came to looking at the traveler as benevolent. He did not mm-hmm. like the traveler. Uh
1: so fun fact about Tevis, we get the Void Bow yes. when we do the mission back in D one on convergence yep. on in the Black mm-hmm. Garden, in the air in the Vex area. So Our
0: Void Bow is that- literally his light correct which is why or at least
1: his former bill
0: well right but that's why also um i have a feeling I, that's why i really think at uh Italic is actually tevis because there's a mention in that entry where he says you took my light uh hang on let me see if i can find it real quick yeah he says uh
2: I actually didn't think about that and then I was reading the show notes and I'm like, that makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, he says without <laughs> it
0: I would yeah, he says without it I wouldn't be stuck in the Black Guardian making bets with myself on which goblin's gonna be the next to slip yep. on a soggy leaf and fall over fall <laughs> off a cliff either. You took my light already. You better take my advice. Which <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah. It definitely fit with kind of his um <coughs> monologuing yeah, and, oh that yeah get and the, the from- whole
0: the whole card is just like it just screamed tevis like as far as like the attitude that i was picking up on
2: well and one of the things i pulled up was the um the graviton forfeit helmet he has mm-hmm. a quote that says doesn't matter how good you are you stay out there too long you're not coming back not the same mm-hmm. way you left anyway
0: mm-hmm
1: Sorry, I'm just responding to Shaggy <laughs> with the Tevis quote that he was referencing. I was like, wait, I know that. Why is it golden? Well, let's see. What's the fundamental <laughs> force we're dealing with here? Solar energy, right? Why is it? Like from the sun? I swear, you kids come out of the tower greener and greener every year. Why is it gold?
2: Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness okay so those guys I mean I think that's pretty much all of the major characters and kind of backgrounds of see. the major points in the book I can't think of anybody else or I don't
2: have anything any else in my
1: other notes. aspect I mean Undying Mind was uh, I mean, a boss that in... from a strike back in D1 um, Hold
2: on, I have it pulled up I think uh, Dark Below
1: Mm-hmm. It was an annoying strike.
2: Yeah, it was kind of awful. Um, it wasn't awful, it was just kind of... It's one of those ones that it loaded up and you're like, nah, I think I'm good.
1: <laughs> it, it. I don't know, it just had arc burn. Arc burn was yep. not fun there. But, so that Undying Mind, you have Pratith, you have Pajari, you have Tebus. you have P- Pahanin... Um, the Ishtar collective team, which I'm sure we're going to get into some of their antics a little bit. Um, the big story with the Ishtar collective team is that they were examining a Vex and they noticed that the Vex were that Vex was simulating them examining it. So it was predicting essentially what they were doing. And it was hard to tell which was real and what was not. And so they decided to, with the help of a war mind, jump in there and see what was going on and then from there ended up with the 227 copies that are in the Vex network still at least according to Pahana or Prada but beyond that
0: blue i think that's an intro episode i think so as well so real quick on you guys back to you guys do you want to do some shout outs real quick page
2: oh, paper hold <laughs> on I have paper just spread everywhere. It's fine. Um, let's see. Well, you guys, Blue and Green for having me. I appreciate it. Thank um, you. Let's see. The guys, the team at Ishtar Collective, because if I didn't have Ishtar Collective, I would have to really dig for lore topics <laughs> and answers. Yes, the clan, my clan, Odin's Crows, because they put up with my war rants day in, day out, even if they don't want them. But that's pretty much it. Nice. Uh, Shout out
1: to the Bungee team and especially the community portion of the team for getting the best community award for oh, the BGAs yeah. last night. That was Bungie, awesome. Bungie. Yeah, go Destiny community, because, you know, we're we're kind of cool like that. Even
2: though the game is quote-unquote dead. <laughs> I, you know, I, haven't I, I, I haven't heard that I in a while. I haven't heard that in I a while. <laughs>
1: Best community support. But yeah, Deej and Cosmo and DMG, they do an awesome job. And DMG is super active in Reddit. I don't know if you guys troll in there at all, but he does a really good job of kind of addressing things in there. That's where I see him mostly.
2: I do not, but I see him on Twitter a lot. I see his post.
0: Blue. Really, just a big thank you to Paige for, for reaching out and, you know, being willing to jump on with us. Uh, and then, yeah, like Green said, a big shout out to the Bungie team. Uh, Jonathan Toe is also big shout out to him and his and mm-hmm. his leadership of the narrative team. I know he gave. I love. I love watching on Twitter. He gave a huge shout out to everyone, and then like every single one of the uh, narrative writers <laughs> was like. uh you're the narrative lead you keep forgetting <laughs> to mention that and it's it was just a hilarious little like it just in it it to like after meeting him at guardian con and getting a chance to sit down with yeah. him you know it's just that was exactly the way he is like that's just that that cat like that entire exchange captured his personality like and it was just it's also so
1: great. from apparently according to john goff he's John Toe is not very good at Twitter, so he, well.
0: Okay, so that's the funny thing. Uh, it was his first tweet. He's been on Twitter. Oh, uh-huh. He's my been on Twitter god. for like there. two years, just and hasn't... his first tweet was basically "Hi, be sure to say thanks to the narrative team." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like all the because um, I think Pino and uh, John Goff, and I th- I want to say um, Z Uh, malazi were all giving him grief (laughs) like really that's your first tweet it was just oh my gosh that was so funny um yeah and then uh i think it's ariella is the author of aspect and that she is a a fairly new individual to the team Mm -hmm. uh so huge shout out to that Uh, oh my gosh it was oh so such a good such a good one but for
2: sure i liked reading it 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 like entrapped you from the first entry and you're like what i gotta finish it now
0: <laughs> and then you get done and you're like no, and no you're i gotta like, go back and start again
2: yeah i have more questions no don't do this to me
0: <laughs> oh man every well,
2: lore topic ever
0: <laughs> well as usual until next time goodbye Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.